the more you can demonstrate your value and how you're going to work for them from the very beginning, from the first set of calls, and the sooner you can get in person, the more likely you are to be the agent of choice. Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Hey guys, <clears throat> welcome to Agent Power Huddle. I'm Amy Izzo, and this is Spilling the Tea with Amy, car edition, because I'm in my car today, like many of you. I am in production as an agent every single day. And today I didn't get to my office in time to do Agent Power Huddle. So we're gonna do it right here from the car, which <laughs> is no problem. Today, I wanna to talk to you about um, buyer's consultations. I think it's really important that we start to really establish our um, value as an agent for buyers, especially as more and more of our states will start to require buyer's agency agreements. And I know it's an option in many states now. In some states, it's required already, right? I think there's 17 states right now where your buyer's agency agreements to even work together is required. And, you know, just depending on the environment, if we decide that we need to start charging some commissions or more than we have been on the buyer's side under our agency agreements, establishing value is gonna be more and more important than ever before. Um, I want you to know I have been working with buyers under buyer agency agreements for 10 years. I implemented them in my business when I was brand new. So right around my five or six month mark, I started using them and I've been using them for over 10 years with all of my buyers. Whether I charge a commission or not, everyone signs the buyer's agency agreement with me um, at some point in the transaction. So uh, I just, Helen, Zoom is doing something weird, guys. I'm sorry. So, oh, am I still on Zoom? I think I am. Yep, we can still hear you. Okay, good. Sorry, it. I can't even explain to you what it did, but it did something odd and weird. So, at any rate, um, so I think it's important that we continue to establish with our buyers our value and buyers each. So, I want to talk about how we do that, and even with leads from the first call, because I think that's really where it starts. Um, so, buyers consultations. How you know? They, I want you to ask yourself this: Are you truly? doing a buyer's consultation. And I'm going to take this from the um, from the perspective of working with a lead. First of all, leads are people. In our CRMs, they just look like lines on the page with names, right? And hopefully some activity, but they are people. So one of the things I want you to do when, you, when you're calling your leads is to think, oh my gosh, these are people. I'm calling a person. Um, and then when you reach out to them and you're starting to have those conversations, be prepared to be consultative from the very beginning. Be prepared to be consultative. So I actually just did one this morning, um, oh, really over the last couple of days. I had a lead come in through one of my websites and she has been searching for homes and she's been favored in some things. I only had her email address. So my email conversation with her was, hey, I see you favorited this home. Did you want to see it? She responded that she didn't want to see it. Um, she didn't really like it and that she was still searching. I responded back to her. Um, again, consultative. 
hey, what is it that you're looking for? You're welcome to search the website. Everything is there, but I can probably make some on and off market recommendations if I understand a little bit more about what you're looking for. She came back and told me a couple that she liked and a little bit of information. I said, great, I would love an opportunity to really customize your search based on what you've told me. I have some ideas. Um, Are you available to talk at 9 a.m., right, on this day? And she said, yes, I will talk to you. I'm available to talk to you. But I didn't have her phone number. And I was like, great, here's my phone number. Can you send me your phone number so that I could call you at 9 a.m.? Because I only have your email address. And she did, right? So now I'm, I called her at the time that I said I was going to call her and I'm prepared to just be conversational and consultative. So when we're new at doing this, we have to know before we get on the phone, what's all the information we want to get from this conversation. And we also have to have a goal. What's the goal? For me, I want to set an appointment with her. I got the appointment via email to talk to her on the phone. Now, at the end of this phone call with her, I want an appointment. I want to get her into pre-approval for the financials. And I want an appointment to start showing her homes or meet with her in person to go a little bit deeper, right? Whatever I can get her to do, but I want to now get in her face, get in front of her. And I want her to get financially approved to be able to buy a home. So I know what kind of a budget I'm working with and what we're looking for. So that's the outcome that I want of this call. I may get that, I may not get that, but that's the outcome. So if I know what the outcome is, I can reverse engineer the conversation. Going back to how I got the appointment is I want to customize the search for her. I had some ideas based on a little bit of information she gave me, but I need more information. So when I called her, it was, hey, Kim, it's Amy. Um, Thanks for taking my call. Is now still a good time? Yes, now still a good time. Okay, great. Tell me a little bit, you know, hey, I know that you said you're looking for townhomes and these communities. Tell me a little bit more about where you're at in your home search and what it is that you need. And I shut up. I just let her talk. So now she told me her life story, right? Now she starts to tell me and I start to take notes. If your phone calls are recorded in your CRM, this is also great. You can take notes, but you can go back to your recorded calls. I don't know how many of you go back to your recorded calls if you have them, but if you do, go back to your recorded calls and listen. Um, But now she tells me, She's been renting from a cousin in another state. So I'm in Indiana and Illinois. So I'm a border agent. I go back and forth in another state and it's time for him to sell that property. Opportunity, time for her to sell that property or him to sell that property. It's time for her to move to Indiana. She really likes Indiana and it's time for her to move here. Great. What is it that I want to know from her, right? So I want to know, I want to get her dreaming first. So tell. So I ask her, consultative, what are all the things you you're looking for in a home. And she tells me, blah, 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 blah. She tells me all the things. Great. Um, What's your budget? What kind of a loan do you plan to take? Or is this a cash purchase, right? These are some of the things I want to be able to know. She says, definitely not a cash purchase. I hope I'm going to be a conventional loan, but I'm not sure. I haven't bought a house since 2004. Ah, she's owned a house before. Tell me about that. How did you transition to renting? So she kind of told me that story. Why do I want to know these things? One, I want to get to know her and really get her talking. So she, I see her personality. She sees my personality. I want to build some trust. So the more I can learn about her, the more she talks. She should be talking way more than me. The more, um, the more trust we start to build, right? We build a little bit of rapport. So now she tells me all of the things. So at this point, I know what she wants in a house. 
she does tell me that she wants to spend a max of 350 and she does tell me that she wants a conventional loan. Great. So now I ask everybody this question and I have found it to be so important since our interest rates have normalized and we've kind of come out of that pandemic world of three and 4% interest rates. I ask everybody this question. Tell me what you know about the market. Tell me what you know about the market. They will tell you all the things they're hearing in the media and all the things friends and family are saying to them. And she said to me, I'm not sure if now is a good time to buy. I was thinking about 2025, but it looks like it needs to be a 2024 purchase. And I'm scared that I'm buying at the wrong time. Great. Tell me more about that is what I said to her. Great. Tell me more about that. One technique, guys, I want you to keep people in a yes mindset. So when someone says something to you, even if you disagree, I don't want you to say yes, but I want you to say yes, and or a phrase that shows agreement. I understand. Tell me more. I understand. And if you're going to share information, right? So I just said, great, right? She just told me all her fears and she doesn't know. And I'm like, great. Tell me more about that. She went on to tell me about how how high interest rates are, right? And that scares her. And she told me, but I have money in the bank and I can put 20% down. So now I'm learning more, right? I'm learning more. Great. So I said to her, yes, all of that is valid. May I share some information with you that may help you understand what is happening in the market and maybe why we feel interest rates are high right now? And she's like, please do. Now, ding, ding, it's my turn to talk. She has mostly been talking. I have mostly been saying, tell me about your dream house. What else would you like, right? Um, how important is a garage? Okay, right? Um, and just listening. What do you know about the market? And just listening, right? I've mostly been doing that. Now it's my turn to talk. Now I can explain to her that interest rates are normalized. And how do I know that they're normalized? Well, I'm a data girl. So let me tell you, about the history of interest rates over the last 30 years. Don't worry, I'm going to give you a 10-year glimpse too, and then I'm going to give you the last few years, right? So I'm able to kind of take her through all of it and show her, hey, those rates during the pandemic timeframe were the lowest they had ever been in 30 years. And it's probably not likely we're going to get back to three and four and 2%, right? Probably not likely, but it doesn't mean it's a bad time to buy because if we look, what were rates right before 2020? Depending on your credit, and what kind of a loan? They were between six and eight percent. What are rates right now? They're between six and seven percent, right? If you had really bad credit, you might see an eight. So, so I kind of filled her in, and then when I got done with my spiel, filling her in, I say, I I say this a lot. This is a phrase I use, but you use your language. I said, does that make sense? What questions can I answer about that? What are you thinking about right now, right? Just to get her to talk to me about. One, I dumped a full load of information on her, right? So I want to make sure that I'm sensitive to, I just gave her a lot of information. She actually said to me, I've just taken so many notes. Thank you. And I said, great. By the way, questions about what I said may come up later. Just let me know. You call me, text me anytime and just let me know. I am happy to answer questions after the fact too, right? Not just here in the moment. So what I transitioned our conversation that I'm still consultative. She didn't have any other questions. She felt like we things have been good. I said, okay, Kim, here's what I'd like to do, right? I would like to 
one, really customize that home search. You have told me so much, right? Is there anything about the home you haven't told me? Let me recap what I've learned. Recap. So I'm checking for my own understanding. Recap everything I've learned. She was like, yes. And you know what? It's not a necessity, but I'd really love to be on a pond. I just don't want to be looking at a parking lot, right? Something pretty behind me. Great. Let me add that in, right? She knows I'm hearing her and I'm restating it back to her. I'm like, hey, I think what we need to do now is address your concern of the financials. Because one of the things she shared with me is she doesn't, she knows she has money. She knows what the rates are now, but she's scared and she wants to understand what is her payment really going to be at a 350 budget, right? What does an HOA look like if she chooses a townhome with an HOA fee? What is her cash to close really going to look like total, not just the down payment? What is that cash to close really going to look like? Um, so I said, let's get you started on the financials. Now I say, because I have a bunch of lenders and I want to match the buyer to a lender, right? So I say, I think it's time for us to get you to talk to one of my lender partners so that we can understand cash, all the things you're nervous about. What is your real cash to close? Your closing costs, your down payment, the whole kit and caboodle. What is that payment going to really look like? We know you're paying $1,650 now. What is that? We know you're willing to go up to about $1,900. What is that payment going to really look like all in based on real taxes um, on your property? So at $350, let's go max budget. Not that we have to spend that, but let's look at it there so we have a worst case scenario. Do you agree that, that having that information would help you make a decision on when and how to move forward? Oh, yes, that would help me so much, she said. Great, still being consultative. Kim, do you mind if I ask you a few questions that help me match you to one of my trusted lender partners? I have many and I would love to make a match here. Oh yeah, please do. Now you guys, I can ask her the things to help me understand is this lead gonna be able to viably buy, right? Because I think a lot of times we just pass somebody to lender and lender comes back and goes, they haven't had a job in two years and their credit sucks. And we're like, because we didn't, we don't know how to have that conversation or we don't know that we even can or that there's any value in us doing it. By the way, I pass everybody to the lender no matter what. I'm going to talk about that. Be consultative. Can I ask a few questions? Yes. These are the questions, you guys, I always want to know. I always want to know, hey, what do you do? Do you work now? What do you do? Right? Oh, yeah, I work for a company. I'm in sales. Okay, awesome. How long have you been on that job? Two years, she said. Well, she says 10 years. I'm looking for them to be on the job at least two years because that's what the lender's looking for, right? So I've been there 10 years. Oh, great. Then she tells me, I also before that, for 25 years, I was with Jewel. I'm like, that's awesome. And so now I tell them why I asked them. Hey, I asked that because we look for you to be in your job or in the same field for at least two years. And you got it, right? High five, you got it. Hey, by the way, do you file your taxes every year? And have you done that for the last two years? Yes, I have. Perfect. Now we know they file taxes for the last two years. So we're not going to have a tax issue where they got to go file taxes for three years to even talk to us about a house, right? Guys, these questions help me know how to prioritize my buyers too. I'm going to take care of everybody. Don't get me wrong. But it helps me in my pipeline prioritize people, right? And prioritize follow-up too. Great. So, all right. So we know she works and we know she's been on the job at least two years. Hey, how do you feel about your credit? Any credit issues? Where do you think your score is? Do you have any any clue where your score might be? Something like that. And guys, I just talk like this to people, just like I'm talking to you, right? This is my personality. 
she says, yeah, I think I have an 800 credits score. Hot damn. I don't get, a, we don't get as many of those as we would like. So I'm like, okay, great. I said, hey, just for your knowledge, I know you haven't bought a house since 2004 because she told me that. I want you to understand how mortgage works because it works a little bit different when we qualify for mortgage than when we do a car or any other kind of a credit card or loan. And she goes, oh yeah. I said, basically in the pre-approval process, we pull your three credits, credit scores. You have a TransUnion and Equifax and an Experian. Here's what I'll tell you, team. Don't assume people know all this. They don't. I talk to highly successful people that make great money that don't know that they have three credit scores and where they come from. I'm just telling you. And I talk to a lot of newbies that definitely don't know, right? Or just people that haven't bought. Age doesn't matter. Status doesn't matter. A lot of people don't know this information. This is always my scripting. So when she tells me, I think I have an 800 credit score, I'm like, great. How we look at mortgage, the industry looks at the three credit scores and we line them up. We don't use the highest score and we don't use the lowest score. We use the middle score. That's what every lender does in the world. They use the middle score, right? I always say we use your mortgage score. I just made that stuff up. That's what I call it. your mortgage score is your middle score. It's not your highest, not your lowest. So I'm like, hey, if you're now I can compliment her. If you're at an 800 credit score, you're going to be fine because your middle score is going to be right around there or a little bit under. So it's going to be great. Guys, I also use this when they go, I think I have a 600. I'm not sure. And I'm like, okay, never fear that something that we're going to find out. So you know how mortgage works. There's three scores, Equifax, Experian, TransUnion. We're going to use your middle score. So if you have a 580, a 620, and a 600, and we're going to use the middle. The middle in that scenario is 600. Um, yeah, 600 is a little low, but let's take a look at it. It's not impossible. And we may be able to help you coach it up really fast. Or our lenders may be able to use their rescore process to help get that up for you pretty quickly. And you may be able to buy. So you use that question to find out where they think they are. And you also can then give them some information that can help them or set them at ease or set their expectation that they may not be able to buy right now, but we still want to put them on a buyer readiness plan. So we want to still send them to the lender, want to still find out what they need to do to be able to buy because whether they buy today or in 12 months, I want to be their agent. You want to be their agent, right? So we still want them to go. We just want to know what we're dealing with and who we're sending. I don't say it, those words to them like that, but I'm telling you why I'm having this conversation. So credit score, I wanna know what your credit score is. Then I say, have you had any bankruptcies in the last seven years? Nope, okay, great. If they say yes, do you know what kind? Was it a chapter seven or 13? Seven is the kind where you don't have to pay any money and 13 is the kind where you make a monthly payment for a while. I tell everybody that. You think people know this, they don't. They're like, oh, I had the kind where I had to make a payment, great. And how long ago was that? Oh, three years ago. Okay, and are you done with that now? Um, I still have a few payments left. Great. When you're in a chapter 13, this is what I tell them. When you're in a chapter 13, you can still buy a house. We have to get the trustee's approval. Not time to do that yet, but we have to get their approval. What we're looking for is that you've made your last 12 payments on time. Can you say you've made your last 12 payments to your trustee on time? Yes, I have. Okay, great. If they tell me they had a chapter seven, how long ago was that? If it's less than two years, I say, hey, typically we need you to be two years away from your discharge date. But there are exceptions, but typically that's where we need you to be. If they are, I'm like, great. Just so you know, you should be able to buy a house if everything falls in place because you're two years past your discharge date. If they're not, I say, we may have to wait, but let's still go into lending and find out, okay? 
So, and then I say, have you had any repossessions, right? Then if they haven't told me in the call, I say, do you have any money saved for a house? And about how much? And if you had to save, if they say no, um, if you had to save, how much do you think you could save in the next 30 or 60 days, right? Um, Where would your down payment come from? So if you don't think you can save enough, is there a place it would come from? Do you have something like a 401k? A lot of people have a 401k and they don't know they can utilize their 401k if they have money in it. They can take a withdrawal at no penalty with most servicers for the purchase of a home. So I tell them that. I'm like, hey, we've got to check with your 401k provider when it's time. But most of the time, you can actually take money out towards your down payment and closing costs. Now, if they really have no money, then I say, hey, do you make... So you, in my area, down payment assistance requires them to make less than 72000 a year. It's not the only requirement, but it is the income requirement. So know your income requirements on your DPA. If they say, I don't have any money saved, I think I can save a few thousand in the next 30, 60 days. I say, hey, out of curiosity, I wonder if you qualify for down payment assistance. Do you make less than 72000 a year? Because I know that's the max um, income. Oh yeah, I make 55000 a year. Oh, great. You know what? You might qualify for down payment assistance. It doesn't mean you won't need to save some money, but it could help us. So I'm going to put that on the list of things that we should look at with the lender. So guys, I asked them all these questions, right? Uh, time frame has probably already been asked as well. When do you hope to buy, right? When do you hope to buy a home? When do you hope to be living in your new home? Um, especially when you need to be living in your new home. And then how are you, are you renting today? Where do you live today? Do you have a lease that we need to be concerned about? If they have a lease, oh, my lease is up in August. Okay, great. If everything went spectacularly well, you got pre-approved, we found a great financial situation for you, and we found a house in June, would you be? Would you want to go ahead and buy that or would you want to wait till your lease is up, right? Oh, no, I think, I don't know. I think maybe I would buy it. Okay, well, let me explain to you how it works. If you closed out a house in June, your first mortgage payment would be due in August. If we closed July, your first mortgage payment wouldn't be due until September, right? So people don't know these things, so you have to tell them. So I just asked them all of the questions to learn where they are. What do they know? Where are they? And now I'm going to put them in the lending. But when I put them into lending, I have such power because I know so much information. Now the transition to the lender looks like this. Hey, I've got a really good one with an 800 credit score that has money saved for a 20% down payment, wants to spend a max of 350, has been on the job for 10 years, no bankruptcies, no repossessions, um, is a little nervous about the transition, is a little all over the place, but the financials are going to really need to help. They're going to need to know type of loan. They're hoping for a conventional. They're going to need to know interest rates, lots of concern around interest rates. I reiterated that they're normalized and ways that we can buy it down with seller money and or their money. I'm going to need you to reinforce the same, right? This is what I'm telling the lender. All right. I'm going to need you to reinforce the same. Oh, by the way, um, they're nervous. They're just nervous about if it's the right time to buy. I have told them about buy now, even with the rates, they can refinance later, but that's going to keep them at a lower price point, right? All the things. Or the opposite. Hey, I've got somebody with a 630 credit score, not a lot of money saved, but might qualify for down payment assistance based on the income qualification. I know there's other qualifications, guys, like debt to income, things like that. The lender will figure that out. I can check their income, right? They'll can tell me their income. Sounds like they have filing taxes, whatever. Or I can say, 
Sounds like they didn't file taxes in the last two years, so that is something we'll have to deal with, but we want to see how they look on all other fronts. So can you go through pre-approval with them? Then let your lender do their thing. Also, do not give your buyer the lender's name and number and say, call them. They're never calling. They're just not. Introduce them. Do an introduction. I do a quick video and I text it to both parties and I tell the buyer in the consult, here are the next steps. You've given me so much great information. Here's what I've learned for you. Quick recap. Boom, 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 boom. Here's what I plan to do. I'm going to introduce you to my lender, Tom. Let me tell you why I love Tom. Blah, 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 blah. All the reasons I love Tom. All the ways we've worked with him, right? Um, why I think his personality is going to be a fit for you. By the way, if it's not, I do have other lenders we can work on. You have to give them options. But I'd like you to start with Tom. So does that sound good? That sounds good. Great. I'm going to do a text group text to introduce the two of you so that you have each other's phone numbers and you can set up a time to talk. Here's what to expect. Now I tell him what to expect. Tom is going to do a couple of things. He's going to send you a link for the online application. We want you to apply online in a secure world for your mortgage. So that's why he's sending that link. I don't see that link. I don't click into it. I don't see your financials. He doesn't tell me that. That's between you and him and the link. Okay. If you want to meet in person, we can arrange that as well. But look, this is how we start. We start with the link. He's going to send you the link. He's going to ask you to fill it out. It's going to ask you a lot of information, some of what I just asked you, but at a deeper level. And it's going to ask you for documentation, like bank statements and W-2s and your tax returns. That's really important because if we can get all those docs and match them to what you put into the link, now we can get you pre-approved um, with first level of underwriting done. So it just makes your offer a little bit stronger when we get ready to make offers down the road. And we really kind of know where you are. There's no there's no surprises like there would be if we just did it online. So the documentation is really important and it's not unusual. Your lenders that really know what they're doing, they're asking you for docs up front, right? So I'm telling them so they know what to expect and they don't get with the lender and go, why does he want my tax returns? Why does he want to look at my bank account? I also tell everybody this. Your loan officer is your advocate. They don't make any money at all unless you get to buy a home. So they want you to buy a home. They're going to do everything they can to help you be able to do that under the requirements that we have. So tell them everything. You may not tell me everything and that's okay. And they're not going to tell me, but you tell them everything, the good, the bad. And if there's any ugly, tell them that too, right? Because they're going to teach you how to get pre-approved for a mortgage. And I tell everybody this, guys, especially if it's somebody that I think maybe can't get pre-approved. It's not a matter of if you can get pre-approved, which is what everybody asks. It's a matter of when. So everyone's getting a house. Everyone, it's like Oprah when she gave away the cars. You get a car, you get a car, you get a house, you get a house. Everybody gets a house. It's just a matter of when and are you willing to do the work? So if you, you're instantly ready to go, great. If you are not and you need to do A, B, and C, the lender's going to tell you what A, B, and C are. And I'm going to know what A, B, and C are so I can help follow up with you and check in with you. But everybody can qualify if if they're willing, right? That's it. And it may be that it takes you a year. I just had somebody buy a house that we worked with for 14 months. It just took her that long to pay the stuff off that she had to pay off to qualify. But then she qualified. And then the, this is why you need your CRM for agents, because what we need to do is note the CRM and set up the right cadence for follow-up. And a person that is on a credit improvement plan, they get a follow-up from you every month. That's your right cadence. They get a follow-up from you every month so that you can check in. Are they doing the work? You can motivate them and hold them accountable. And you can know what you're dealing with. If it's somebody that three, four or five months in is just not going to do the work, 
I'm not telling you to stop following up with them because miracles can happen and people can change their mind. And we are all people. So maybe they just had a bad three, four, five months. Keep following up with them. But now you understand the level of priority for them. And you're not counting on that as a transaction. If you get it converted down the road, hot damn, it's an extra transaction that month. But you can start to differentiate when you really dig in like this. You can start to differentiate who is going to get a different level of priority. Everybody gets touched, but who gets a different level of priority and who can you really convert to a transaction? Every Monday morning, I have a sales meeting with my team. And the topic of the sales meeting is who are we converting this week, either to a next step or to a contract, right? And in the beginning, when someone's new, it's a lot of conversations around just converting conversations, but it starts to become who, a very clear who in the pipeline is getting close to contract when we do this week over week, day over day, month over month, year over year, looking at our pipeline in 90 day increments it's and looking at each individual person, not lead person, and what is happening with them, it starts to become very, very clear what, who is going to convert when. So I want you to approach these calls and these consults, whether they're on the phone, I'm a big proponent of doing them on Zoom when you can, and I'm a big proponent of getting them in person if you can. I want you to do them in a way that you're asking, you're having conversation and you're asking questions that allow this person to talk, 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 and you to make a lot of recommendations, right? Um, and then once you've converted them into the financials, the next follow-up is we should meet. And I definitely want to meet them in person. So I already said to her, this one that I kind of use as an example, okay, we are, um, next step is you're going to talk to the lender, Tom. I'm going to follow up with you in in 24 to 48 hours, because I don't know which day they're going to talk to you, but within 24 hours, you talk to the lender, I'm going to follow up, see how things are going. And then I want you to look at your calendar. Let's set up a time. I try, I would have set it up on this call, but with this particular one, she wasn't able to. What I said is, when do you want to come out and see me? So you can see me in person and you can meet the lender in person too. Oh, I want to see you on, on a Saturday. Okay. How's this Saturday? Well, she's not available this way. So I want you to look at your calendar, talk to your partner. She has a partner. And let's see when I when the your available Saturday is if it needs to be a Saturday or pitch me another day, and let's get together in person and let's she's new to the area so I'm like let's do a little discovery day right we'll get the financials figured out before that but let's do a little discovery day where we just go out and we look at some stuff and look at some areas and decide even if you're meeting with them at a Starbucks in the area that they're going to buy and meet with them in the area they're going to buy in because that'll get them driving around seeing a store asking questions. And you can even get them out just to see a few homes, right? So that you can build that rapport and relationship. And now you can do your presentation on what is it that you do for them as a buyer? What are all the things you do for them and work on getting a buyer's agency established with them as well. So the more you can demonstrate your value and how you're going to work for them from the very beginning, from the first set of calls, and the sooner you can get in person, whether that's just to look at a couple of homes to build the trust while they're finishing up their pre-approval or you know, hopefully they're done by that or um, you're meeting with them in person to talk to them about the process, to teach them, to get them into pre-approval. The sooner you can do that, the more likely you are to be the agent of choice. So great, that's what I wanna talk about today, building your value as a buyer's agent. I hope you guys have a really, really great day. I'll see you in a couple of weeks, take care. 
If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.